because uh and i i'm not even tell, i'm not even kidding you like that's literally the questions i asked them you know back when i did it myself <laughs> it's like that's how it was but the initiative that i've got after that happened when i lost chris is that i felt bad i hadn't spoken to him for so long that i'm doing a 15 minute call with all 100 team members and uh, I'm asking them two very simple questions. I, well, first I ask them about, you know, their role and what they do, what's typical day like. And then I ask them a very simple question that closes it out. What do you love the most about the job? And what don't you love about the job? And boy, has it been telling. I've done probably 23, um, 23 or so interviews. I'm actually, I'm actually writing an article. I'm turning this into an article. I'm a contributor for uh, entrepreneur.com and uh, just my lessons learned. And I, I just wish I would have done this sooner. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend you'll hear about what's working for them today their rich ads and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads let's get into it welcome to another episode of the rich ad poor ad podcast this is your host zach johnson i'm with the one and only dylan carpenter Woo-hoo. dylan you, you you excited to talk to a social media influencer today yeah, I think I'm about to get influenced into purchasing a chair I don't need, man. <laughs> uh, today's guest, man, is uh, dude. This guy's figured out TikTok. He got 27 million views in the last 30 days, 100,000 followers, and a couple million likes. Uh, he's a remote team builder expert, savage marketer, and most importantly, a epic office chair and office uh setup like just connoisseur uh it is (laughs) it's next level so jeff hunter man welcome to the show how you doing oh great to be here and you know i'm in my epic gaming rig right now (laughs) it is epic that is for sure man it is the most american over the top um purchase it's savage what can you say it's savage there you go it's right next to the samurai suit you know yeah yeah all right i want to get right into this because like i want to i want to talk about tiktok for a second as if it's like facebook in in 2009 how are you even making money off of these likes and these followers on on tiktok because you know we've We've seen the advertising side, haven't we, Dylan? And and it, it, it's pretty challenging to get an ROI over there. Yeah, I think that that it's very infant in its in its advertising. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess campaigns. Um, I think the the big bang for your buck is actually through influencer campaigns, and uh, you know the. First off, to answer your question about me being able to monetize it, funny enough. On my birthday, August 18th of this just this year, so not even that long ago, um, I was over at my sister's house because she planned like a surprise birthday party, and we went swimming. It was like a pool party, and she was telling me that she had her one-and-a-half-year-old son trained to swim, and I was like, mind-blown. And he likes jumping in the pool and stuff by himself. 
at a year and a half old and he swims out. It's funny too, because he doesn't really use his arms. He like, he's like a perfect kicker. He's like a tadpole or something. Wow. At <laughs> and, one, it's crazy. And I said, I said, dude, I bet people would eat this up on TikTok. And you know, I've had mild success on TikTok as far as getting views and stuff. And I probably had maybe 500 to 600,000 views over, you know, eight, eight or nine months of being on TikTok <clears throat> at that time. You know, I wouldn't call it a wild success. I didn't really monetize it or anything. But I just was like, I bet people would dig this. So I came up with this elaborate prank. And uh, I said, why don't we throw your son back and forth in the pool? And then I'll purposely throw him too high and you don't catch him. And then just let him swim out. And she was like, oh, yeah, he'd love that. You know, and I'm like. (laughs) And what's perfect is that people would think that we're like these horrible parents, of course, right? So what ended up happening, we did exactly like that. You know, I threw him back. uh, She threw him to me, and I was like, okay, this is the big one. One, two, three. And by the way, my sister and I, our mom was the worst actor because we told her, we're like, we want you to be afraid. Act like you're afraid of what's happening right now. And my mom's like, oh, no, don't do it. It's just like horrible acting. Which is probably what made it go viral. That was my first like viral video, and it got like 2.7 million views, and and I got like almost 10,000 followers from that. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. Well, it just so happened to be, you know, I posted a couple things here and there, and I got more followers and this and that. But I finally hit that magical 10,000 follower mark. Now, here's the thing about TikTok: at 10,000 followers, you can apply for something t- called the TikTok Creator Fund which from what I've found is about a four cent CPM. So you get four cents for every thousand views that you're able to generate on the platform. So they're rewarding you for creating good content. And um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for that. I'm just telling you, I might get banned for that. That's whatever. I'm under, you know, you're supposed to not tell people that, but I'm just, you know, as marketers, you just have to know that you're not going to get rich unless you're getting millions of views every day on TikTok. So the day after I applied, for TikTok Creator Fund, I was accepted. And the same day I was accepted, September 2nd, I posted a video of what has now become the most viral. I'm the most famous gaming chair guy in the world, basically. <laughs> and the thing about TikTok that I love is that it's for people that are like not creative like me. Like I'm not very creative. <laughs> I can use other people's ideas and I can use that as inspiration for my own. So the story behind the viral gaming chair is first off, my client was buying a, a, a gaming chair. It was like a crazy office chair. And he was like, dude, this thing's like $3,600, but it's insane. You got to check it out. And I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh. And of course, first thing I did was I kind of hinted to my wife, planted a seed like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, I've spent like lots of money, probably a couple thousand dollars on gaming chairs and stuff over the years that I just didn't like desks and chairs and stuff. And I said, look, this is the ultimate. It's a chair. It's robotic. It's like a transformer. (laughs) No. And I said, and I, and as a marketer, I said, I bet people thinking back to what I did with my sister, I said, I bet people would get a kick out of this. So guess what happened? I saw this video on TikTok of this guy and he's like, you know what? Living on your own is cool and stuff, but now I have adult money, which means 
I can buy stuff I don't need like this. <laughs> and in his video, he showed a shower curtain with a dinosaur riding a bicycle and underworth that said the word bitches. <laughs> it was just like the most random thing. And I was like, dude, that totally applies to this because I bought this crazy thing. I have no regrets. And, you know, <laughs> people would look at it thinking this is crazy. So I literally set up my tripod. I recorded me closing the pod on myself and getting into it. And then I played his sound in the background. And by the way, that was at 10.15 in the morning. I had just come out of my project management call. I have from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I just came out of that. I had a client call at 10.30. I posted the video in between that call. And by the time I got off that hour call with my client, I looked at my phone. It was like dead, like it was destroyed by notifications. And I had, yeah, 900. Get ready for this. In less than an hour, 947,000 views. And like a thousand comments. And I was like, what the hell? Now, I never had, even on my sister's video that I did with her that had 2.7 million views, like the 2.7 million views came over like four days, you know? So for me to have 947,000 in, in an hour, I was like, dude, something's like breaking the internets right now, right? So I literally go on Facebook Live and I tell people, guys, I'm going viral right now. This is absolutely nuts. And but I did a five minute, by the way, I had a full calendar of like seven calls that day. <laughs> is this seven? It's the one with 17 million views, right? Yeah. 17 million views now. Yeah. 1.9 million likes, just that one video. So you can imagine out of my 2.7 million views, 1.9 million is just that video. Did you talk to like, is there a way for these guys to know how much like other units they sold because of this? I've talked to them. They said they're having record sales. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, so anyway, that, the reason I'm telling you the story is because this is how you make it into sales, right? Yeah. So, so what's what ended up happening was I became really good friends with the manufacturer because they're like, dude, we're having record sales, right? And they reached out to me and now they're sending me in four days their newest one. Okay. And by the way, I love you guys over there at Imperator Works. I want to give you a shout out, but you guys suck at marketing, which is <laughs> probably why we have a good relationship. Um they told me they don't have much of a marketing budget, so we're working on a trade deal type thing. You know, they're hooking me up with a chair. But here's the thing. Like, even the name of the chair. Like, it should be called the Scorpion Gaming Chair, yeah. right? Because that's what people are looking for. And you know it's not called that. It's called, like, the SK107. You know, it's an, <laughs> it's skew, right? Because that's how these companies think. They don't think like American marketers, right? So – but now I figured out ways to leverage this and I've made tons of money on Amazon affiliate links because everyone and their uncle is saying, and here's the sad part. I, I almost feel embarrassed. I'm going to give a shout out to this guy, Travis Linares, who made me realize how much of an idiot I am. Cause he, when I posted on Facebook that my video is going viral and stuff, he commented and said, yes, I've made like $6,000 from your video so far. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm just responding to people that are asking where to get it with the Amazon link with his affiliate code. And I'm like, you bastard that's awesome so then of course i started doing it and travis if you hear me yes i deleted your comments but i still love you um <laughs> so then it made me think why don't i set up a dedicated page on my website for driving traffic from tiktok and of course it was two days after i went viral too late right but i still had a hundred thousand clicks to my profile 
and I still, you know, that I leveraged and I probably got maybe 30,000, probably less than 30,000 that went to my website. So I really missed what I've learned from this, by the way, is you need to be freaking red D to go viral. And it's like, even though I was trying to go viral, I wasn't ready to go viral. I wasn't expecting 17 million views on a video. Right. 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 So what I would say to anyone who is trying to do content marketing and blow it up is that you've got to have a plan. And the plan is you've got to be prepared with a specific landing page that is relatable because I'm a gaming guy. Everyone's asking me about the gaming chair. I set up a dedicated page that tells people to join my discord and gives them a whole breakdown of the hardware and where they can get it. And of course, Amazon links to it all. Yeah. I actually did something just for you guys today. Ooh. I did something for you guys today because I wanted to be very specific. But if you go to my TikTok page, you guys are going to link it to people, I assume. I made a video called, This is Why I Got Two 3D Printers. It's my latest video. I'm watching it right now. And my videographer, Devin, shout out to Devin. He's coming over here in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we shot some i bought two 3d printers and it's it's funny because it's this is a true story i i bought one 3d printer it's only 279 on amazon and oh. the technology's come a long way i mean it, it really is great and i printed a two-part self-watering planter <laughs> well one part took nine hours to make the other took 12 hours to make so i wasted a whole day printing a damn planter so I said, if I had two 3D printers, I could print both parts at the same time and I'd be done in 12 hours, right? Oh my gosh. Jeff, I feel like you're like a full-time social media influencer with like a part-time remote team expert. Like, <laughs> it's passion, bro. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you something. This is what's beautiful about building virtual teams because I obviously we've only talked about marketing here. But what I've learned you know, I've been in, I've been in IT project management my whole life, basically, and it's I'm really good at it. You know, uh, I worked for a Fortune 500. You know, I was a senior IT project manager at Philips Electronics. You know, um, it was really fun. I've managed millions of dollars in revenue every month. But the cool part is, if you're really good at managing and building remote teams, is that they run themselves, which mine does. Like I logged on today for our, our project management call today and my project manager who oversees the executive assistant team told me that she hired 12 people today, right? So my team is being ran by my project management team and my time is dedicated to the business is one hour a day from 9am to 10am supporting my project managers. Other than that, you can find me on TikTok yeah. selling chairs. I'm in my gaming room. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that's the goal in life, though. I think that that's the entrepreneurial dream that everybody wants to live, but they don't. And and it's like, you know, like I, I'm trying to help people understand that, you know, this Grant Cardone, Gary V. Hustle, the, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like those guys. You know, I've got, I've got to yeah. connect with both of those guys. But most entrepreneurs, it's like that cliche saying, but it's totally true, which is, um, you know, most entrepreneurs are just people that would rather work 80 hours a week for themselves than 40 hours a week for someone else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they... they so what's your 80-20? Like, what, what is... 
What is like Jeff Hunter's like, you know, core business in terms of help? Like, is it helping other people with their remote teams? Because yeah. you just told us about a rich ad, a campaign, a viral video <laughs> that you ran for somebody else that you didn't get money for, but you might get a free chair, which is amazing. But I want to know like what your real, what, what's your, what's your, what's your real business? <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, I have over a hundred people on my team. Um, that we support. Uh, we Most of our clientele, we have really two different clientele we serve. We have like the entrepreneur. I don't want to say the solopreneur, although we do have some of those, but digital marketing agencies or entrepreneurs, consultants, people like that, that uh, like, for example, uh, a PR consultant um, and a JV consultant, let's say Latasha. Latasha, um, shout out to Latasha. Um, she uh, she's basically running a business. She has some partners that she works with in her business, but most entrepreneurs are doing their, their, their own secretary, right? So we have what we call executive assistants that people leverage to, to do a lot of things for them. You know, for example, for me, my, my assistant, Isabel, she responds to all my emails. She documents, she, she actually logs into work one hour before I even wake up because I have anxiety over email so she'll go through and sort all my emails before I even wake up because she knows I have a bad habit of waking up and reaching over to my phone and looking at my emails, right? So like she she shows up to my meetings, she takes all my meeting minutes, she follows up with action items, she creates checkouts for me, she goes and updates information into the CRM with customer data and, and things like that. So I mean, these are all things that, you know, pretty much every business owner of all types needs. So that's on the solopreneur side. The second side of it is teaming up with a lot of tech startups. I love tech startups, by the way. I love SaaS companies like Convoso.com, Nations Lending, one of my clients, Domo.com, one of my clients. Mm -hmm. You probably know them up in Salt Lake. Um, you know, Adobe, uh, you know, where, where, where we're taking strategic assets in their company, key stakeholders, like, for example, at Convoso. They have a marketing director, a sales director, a customer experience manager. And of course, they're also working way more than they should, right? They're always wearing multiple hats. They have all the stuff to do. So pairing them up with executive assistants to drive super productivity. And what, what we're doing basically is helping businesses get the most out of their talent by mm -hmm. leveraging our team to do a lot of the dirty work, right? A lot of the grunt work to keep dirty. their... Yeah. <laughs> dirty it's dirty work right the grunt work it's, it's talking about this nation's lending i'm on their site right now they're, they're a client of yours uh -huh. Le lending it is like some serious workflows right like it oh, is yeah. from, from application all the way through to underwriting and funding and collections i mean if you think your marketing automation is difficult with like a funnel <laughs> like jump into lending uh it takes workflows yeah. to a next level yeah and these guys, so one of the things that I'll tell you is, and, you know, to transition over, a lot of people, they come to me and they want to hire, quote unquote, a virtual assistant. Like, that's what they think. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. What do you want your virtual assistant to do? You know, what can I, and they're like, well, um, I don't really, and I'm like, do you have any sort of documentation or processes or anything like that? Well, uh, most people come to me and they feel like they're just going to hire somebody and then figure it out. And that's the problem. I think not enough t people invest the time in figuring out what they want to do first and then filling the role to fit, right? And that's, I think that 
I think that's a big part of my role in the company, actually, is we're building out case studies with how Nations Lending and Convoso and QCSS, a call center based in Chicago, and all these uh, people are are leveraging our services. We have a recruitment company. David Stephen Patterson has a recruitment company that we're doing most of his recruitment. We have our, our executive assistants are running his LinkedIn account and his other rep LinkedIn's account and like finding people that have certain years of experience with skills that have this and that. I mean, yeah. think about how much time that takes, right? Now, when it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the outsourcing side, how do you get people to get over that lump to where it's like, I don't want to give away the, the keys to the castle. I, I felt like that could be a pretty solid objection. I've even come across it's where I'm like, you know, I, I like doing this stuff. I could pay somebody else, but I'm like, I don't know if I trust them enough, but I think that comes down to what you just mentioned is already having those processes in place. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this. A lot of people think that, you know, they they believe in what I call the lie of the four-hour work week. <laughs> and, you know, Tim Ferriss has done a great job making my, you know, my my sales. But the thing is, the way that most people teach virtual assistants or executive assistants and remote teams <clears throat> is that you go on Upwork or Fiverr or online jobs or whatever, and you find somebody who's looking for a job and you can pay them $3 an hour and this and that. What I found is that that's the exact opposite of what you need to do. <laughs> but what we do is we actually actively recruit people from very specific industries. And by the way, I found a little hack is that if I go to companies like Uber, Microsoft, Shopify, who already have great teams established, they have great training processes, uh, call centers like T-Mobile, things like that, where they have like third tier support level where someone who actually has a brain who is not just repeating from a script and saying, yes, how can I help you today? Like someone who's actually able to troubleshoot live on a phone, technical support type stuff. Mm. And by the way, already used to working during US hours because that's what they've been doing, right? Mm -hmm. then we're able to say, okay, have they worked there for two to three years? See, we're doing the same recruitment, right? So mm -hmm. two to three years of longevity, you know, what type of things they do. We make our interviews very experiential, which means that they're mm -hmm. actually given work to do and they can prove their value before they even get hired, mm -hmm. right? So our pro our recruitment process, just because thankfully mm -hmm. I have quite a background in, in IT recruitment already, I'm just doing the same exact stuff that I was doing but applying it to an outsourced mm -hmm. model, which by the way, I hate the term outsourcing. I, I like upsourcing and downsourcing because there's things that you hire people for that are difficult. And, and then there's, there's things that you outsource yeah. to people because they're not. <laughs> right? So, so do you manage the VAs or like, what is like, how much does it cost to like hire a VA through you or work with you? Uh, depends. We do two types of things. We have a part-time and a full-time. We have $700 for a part-time. That's someone dedicated to you four hours a day. The reason why the cost is low is because we recruit them specifically from the Philippines. Um, actually, we might be raising our prices. So guys, you know, this is the pricing now. 700 bucks part-time, 1300 full-time. So you're saving 100 bucks if you go full-time. Um, now, everyone on our yeah. team is full-time. We only hire people full-time. And the reason why is because another thing you'll learn when you build remote teams is that when you hire somebody and they're just looking for a part-time job, that means that you're not their priority. They've got something else. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So I hire people full-time. And if someone's part-time for you, that means they're also part-time for someone else. And I tell my clients straight up in the beginning, I said, look, chances are one of you 
is going to want to take this person full time. And whoever gives me money first, that's who gets them. We've got to replace the other person. You know? <laughs> um, and our, by the way, a beautiful thing about that marketing aspect is that, you know, I have the easiest job to sell this service because all I have to do is just ask people what they do. I say, what do you do on typical day? And they'll go through it. And afterwards, I'm like, wow, that seems like a lot. I can't believe you're doing all that yourself. <laughs> That's pretty much the sales pitch. That's crazy. You know, we had Dennis Yu on here. I think he said he has like 200 or 250 or so like team members to, to like run his agency. And he used onlinejobs.ph as well to to build all that out. And, you know, he was just saying how um, I should fire Dylan and hire a team in, in the Philippines. That's him and me, dude. Why not? You know, but, you know, Dylan's got a mustache. He's local in Austin. He's, he's kind of got a cool vibe. I don't know. Well, here, here, here's the thing, Zach. I don't discriminate on talent, you know? And, really? you know, what Ameri- do you discriminate on? Is it gender or is it race? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, In other words, I don't discriminate on where people are from, right? Okay. <laughs> talent is the determining factor, right? So it, when it comes to talent, I don't discriminate on, on where that talent comes from. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of my team, uh, we have males, male, you know, men, women, you know, we have I've hired people from all over the world, Philippines, South America, America. We don't hire, we don't hire Canadians. That's kind of one of our core values. You know what? They're very needy. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, they're going to demand healthcare payments. (laughs) Um, Well, Hey, here in California, they keep trying to make it harder and harder to hire Californians remotely because they Mm -hmm. want you to make them, uh, you know, all full time. And that's what that prop Mm -hmm. 22 is right now. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, you know, I almost feel bad. Because like what's happening in, in, in the forms of laws and what's happening all around nationwide, it seems like Americans are making it really hard to hire Americans, mm. you know, from a cost perspective. Hmm. And one of the things that's been really intriguing to me is that, you know, it's very easy to hire someone overseas. You just fill out a W-A-B-E-N form that says that they're not a resident or a citizen of the United States, and whatever the hell contract you come up with is whatever the hell you come up with. Mm. You know, you don't have to – in California, you have to pass some ABC test to see, like, you know, are they – are you in control of their hours? Are you in control of, you know, uh, what you know, like this whole employee versus 1099 type, type situation? It's just getting really yeah. challenging. So, so there's, um, we're just totally going way off base here on (laughs) it. it, Yeah. When you guys are listening to this, it's a Friday afternoon. We've already recorded like seven episodes this week. (laughs) I apologize. This has nothing to do with the format of the normal Richard show. But one of the things that, um, we, we recently hired, um, a few people, four, five engineers in uh, Malaysia this year. Wow. And uh and it was it was amazing. Um but one of the things I learned in the process is that you know in software you have research and development credits, tax credits that um accumulate um when you spend a ton of money on engineering and um you actually, you know, you don't get to leverage those uh unless you hire them through a hiring agency that is in the US. So, um 
I'm going to be hitting you up, Jeff, of just like having running running my all my payroll through you. You, so you I know, can get you some R and D credit. So, so just so you know, that's actually one of the huge benefits that these other companies that I mentioned earlier have is that they yeah. just pay me as a contractor, right? Yeah. And we deal with everything. My team hires, recruits, trains, manages, oversees. We do three every quarter. We do quarterly reviews with our clients. You know, I mean, we're getting it, it, what's beautiful about when you work with a remote team, it is culturally different. And that doesn't matter yeah. if they're in America, Philippines, whatever. It's a different culture, remote work culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that we look for that are very specific to remote culture. For example, you can teach someone how to do lead generation. You can teach someone how to how to do prospecting. You can teach someone how to do recruiting. You can teach someone how to take meeting minutes, but you can't teach people how to give a damn. Mm. Right? Yeah. So we we have a lot of like I said experiential stuff that we're able to to kind of gauge somebody's interactivity level. And um I know that's a, a probably not a very oftenly used word, but how interactive is someone, you know, how proactive is someone, right. uh, does someone have the ability to give them a problem and just figure it out? Can they Google mm-hmm. stuff and figure things out? That's dude. When you work remote, that's one of the most important skills you can have is that figure it out factor. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think one of the, one of the success cases that, that I have to say, one of the most reasons I'll say one of the, reasons why we're very successful in what we do is because not only do we have that recruitment process, but what I've found is that when you hire a players, they attract other a players. So Mm -hmm. like the 12 people that just got hired today, their referrals from other people, other a players that we've hired in the past 90 days or so. Right. And magically Mm -hmm. those flow in when I start telling them that there's an incentive bonus Mm -hmm. for people that work out. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have an internal incentive program where they get paid a couple hundred bucks if they refer somebody and they stick around for 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out ad card. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With ad card, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on ad card and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at funneldash.com. So what's the, what does the business look like of uh, running, you know, this type of a model for VAs or, you know, uh, outsource help? Like, 
is, is somebody like work, work with you for like a year or two years and you're just running their customer service team or VAT? Like what are the top like three use cases of like the most obvious reasons why you should go hire somebody in the Philippines through you? Well, I think I think you you propose two very different questions in in the same sentence. But first off, the reason why people would like to hire someone in the Philippines is probably not for the reason that most people think. Most people think that the Filipinos are very cost effective. You know, I, I you know, I used to get so much crap, Zach, about people saying, Jeff, you're just exploiting third world countries. You know, like <laughs> you're just getting cheap labor and whatever else. And it's funny because that is and technically, yeah, the cost value benefit is very high in the Philippines because the average person in the Philippines makes about nine dollars a day. So when you're able to charge, when you're able to get somebody, you know, a multiplier of their revenue that they're mm-hmm. making, like I just had it. So I have uh, one-on-ones with every single person on my team. I just got off the a call with Mary Rose, who's been working with us. Wait, wait, you have a hundred people on your team. You do one-on-ones with all of them. You know what? I just had two weeks ago. I just had my very first instance of losing someone on my team. His name was Chris Christopher, and he was an incredible young man. And he had just gotten married, and he was working two shifts. He was working for two clients full time, and oh, I never knew why, by the way, until after he got killed in a car accident. His wife messaged me, told me that he was working a double shift, and that the reason why is because they were saving up for a house and they were going to start a family. Oh my gosh. Jeez. I'm getting emotional here. But um it uh I think that as entrepreneurs we're go 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 and I think what made me really upset internally at myself is that Christopher Christmas was one of those guys like I told you about earlier who just mm-hmm. figured things out. I don't talk to my team unless they need my help. And Mm -hmm. he's been working for me for years. Mm. And outside of Mm -hmm. introducing him to a client, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to talk to him because he always did amazing work. And, and Mm -hmm. it felt, I felt so horrible when his wife told me that she was planning on coming to work for us. They were going to work on the same team together because she works at a call center and you know, it's very difficult in the Philippines. If you guys don't know, in the Philippines, mm-hmm. most of the high, highly qualified, say, call center agents, they travel a lot back and forth to work. You know, sometimes in the traffic so bad, especially in Manila area, mm-hmm. it could be an hour, two hours to get to work each way. Mm-hmm. Plus, they have what's called mandatory overtime or what mm-hmm. they call O-T-T-Y, overtime. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so my recruitment strategy is not only do we want to find these amazing people that are, and by the way, making probably $200, $300 a month, which is insanely low for the value that they produce. <laughs> so what I do is I say, hey, look, how would you like to come and work for us doing something very similar to what you do now, but you get to work with a real team virtually at home in your pajamas and you only have to work five days a week and you don't. And if you ever do work overtime, you get paid for it and it's, a you know, and, and get paid two to three times what you're making right now. 
You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. that's how I, that's how we really recruit people because, uh, and I, I'm not even, tell, I'm not even kidding you. Like, that's literally the questions I asked them, you know, back when I did it myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's how it was. But the initiative that I've got after that happened, when I lost Chris is that I felt mm-hmm. bad. I hadn't spoken to him for so long mm-hmm. that I'm doing a 15 minute call with all 100 team members. And uh, I'm asking them mm-hmm. two very simple questions. I, well, first I ask them about, you know, their role and what they do, what's typical day like. And then I ask them a very simple question that closes it out. What do you love the most about the job and what don't you love about the job? And boy, has it been telling. I've done probably 23, um, 23 or so interviews. I'm actually, I'm actually writing an article. I'm turning this into an article. I'm a contributor for uh, entrepreneur.com. And uh, just my lessons learned. And I, I just wish I would have done this sooner. But um, I think yeah. I think you have to have compassion for your people. I think that's priority number one. And, yeah. you know, people will stick with you forever, man. I've got I've got a, a woman on my team. Her name's Rodora. She's gone through two kids. She's worked for me for seven years. And she's progressed through like four or five different roles in my company. She's now the operations manager, right? Loyal as hell. And she told me one day, she said, because, you know, there were bad months back in the beginning, you know, of this company, just like most. And she goes, you know, whatever happens with this business, whether it goes to the moon or it dies or whatever, she goes, you know that I'm going to be your virtual assistant forever, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, dude. So it's always about the people, Zach. That's the bottom line, man. Like, you know, it all comes back to the people and how you treat them and, 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 you know, making sure that you have the right people. I'll tell you, I've, I spent a lot of, of, you know, sleepless nights hiring the wrong people. It's one of the hardest Mm. things you could possibly do. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you've hired some of the wrong people too. It's some of the most draining things that you could possibly do in life is, is hire the wrong people. Oh yeah. Dude. I feel like one of the big financial principles, uh, for this podcast would be just, um, thinking about the ROI of hiring the right people, but also that, hiring like a team in the philippines is an option and um well here's the thing and this is where i see where you're going with this and this is the same problem that i hear because like i can i know what you're thinking and this is where i i hope the dichotomy changes in the mindset think of the philippine team as an expansion of your team a lot of people like this call center that that i work with uh, her name's kathy carabetzos qcss you know, it was a, for a very long time, she was like pro America, you know, this and that and whatever else. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But you also can do so much, so much for your American team by, by leveraging yeah. somebody to do things that it's very hard to hire an American to do, by the way, it's very hard to find an American who wants to come online and do prospecting every day. Mm-hmm. There's people in in Philippines that would die for a job like that to work from mm-hmm. home in their underwear and look up people's contact information all day. <laughs> oh my god, what a dream. <laughs> right now they're at a call center and they're taking angry calls from unsatisfied customers. Right. Yeah, I mean like I have never been like a big remote team or like VA. I I I've always just tried to hire like the most expensive people, <laughs> like traditionally. <laughs> and, 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 um, 
one of the biggest challenges I've had, like when I have gone overseas um, or outsource or gone to like, I would just say like there's different skill sets, right? Like, like the people I hired in Malaysia are like very, very talented in skill set and have worked with you know, U.S. companies for several years. And but I, I think, you know, part of what I struggle with is really just like the entry level skill set. It's not even outsourcing. It's just like if it's entry level and it's monotonous, and you're going to write like those SOPs and it's, you know, you're paying somebody less than like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. I just want to like bang my head up against the wall. Like, like this. why? Why well, am I, would I doing lo- this? I would right love now? to change your mind on that. I'd love to change your mind. So, <laughs> no, this is good. Like, yeah. I think this podcast like totally reinvigorated of like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Jeff, and by could the do way, that. I will tell you with certainty the first couple of years of me doing this, I was in the same boat and it was very frustrating because, you know, like I said, I was trying to find. Number one thing that I've learned is don't hire people looking for a job. <laughs> There's usually a reason why they're looking for a job. Um, yeah. the, the you know the recruitment process is so key, and we haven't even got that dialed down since mm-hmm. I would say like maybe the end of last year is when we started dialing it in. So even you know like right now we've hired sixty people this year, and just to put that in, you know we have a hundred people total. Just to put that in perspective. Right. Yeah, so, dude. COVID is a very uh, great thing for. Yeah. It's a good time to be the king of outsourcing. Team. Yeah, I mean, virtual teams has become like it used to be. Like, wow, that's neat. Do you? I don't know if you remember this, Zach. Remember when Buffer was in the news? Buffer app because they were like, oh my god, they have yeah. they're closing their San Francisco office and they're going a hundred percent remote. That was like 2015, right? 2016, something like that. And everyone's like, wow, this is cutting edge. An entrepreneur did articles about it and this and that. Like, oh my god. And now it's like, okay, 2020. If you don't have a virtual team, you have failed. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Oh my gosh, Jeff, this has been an amazing episode, and uh, I personally enjoyed it. I uh, I appreciate everybody listening. For if you've made it this far, <laughs> and uh, you're like, when are we gonna get into uh, the rich ad poor ad? It ain't happening. Uh, because <laughs> let me in. let me leave it with this. Let me leave it with this because we grazed on it. If you want to make money on TikTok, <laughs> we're taking it back to TikTok. If you want to make money on TikTok, what you need to do, and here's a great example. And you know what? I'm going to hook you up with an amazing guest on your show. His name's Chris Johnson. He's been featured and won a contract on Shark Tank. He actually won a deal with Mark Cuban. And nice. for something called the Rapid Ramen Cooker. So Ooh. it's actually one of the most viewed uh you know, episodes of all time on the shark tank. Um, there, there's even colleges that are using his episode as like examples of how to pitch. Like it was so good. So what he did was he found out out of nowhere that his rapid ramen cooker started getting crap tons of sales last year, like out of nowhere. And he was trying to figure it out. He was doing Google analytics to find out, Oh my gosh, a lot of sources coming from TikTok. Well, it turns out that this girl did this little and she has a lot of followers this little this girl basically put some ramen in the rapid ramen cooker it was like a 10 second video put it in the microwave ding 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 it came out look perfect perfect ramen every time and so then people started googling rapid ramen cooker and he was like oh my gosh if that's just one person randomly imagine if i was doing this with all these other influencers and he has 47 products right 
So now he's been leveraging these relationships, and he has relationships with tons of the the highest uh, TikTokers out there, and he basically pays them anywhere from a hundred fifty to a hundred dollars, I'd say, per promotional post to come up with some idea, some creative about the product. Aha! Mm -hmm. Now we're getting somewhere, right? So imagine if you had a two thousand, three thousand dollar budget. You know, even if you did it at a hundred dollars a pop, that's thirty influencers that all have you know let's say a million followers or a hundred thousand yeah. followers or whatever like for me it's it's all of my followers are gaming advocates so mm -hmm. i have in my possession on this oh i'm about uh you guys can't see it but i'm gonna i'm gonna describe it to everyone else you guys they get to watch the watch this podcast it's a shame but i have right here in my possession the very first, no one's even got these yet because I work, I'm working out a brand deal right now, okay? But this here is the new Nokia Air, AirPod competitor, okay? Ooh. This is brand spanking new. No one has this yet. I'm the very first person to have this because I've worked out a brand deal with these guys to advertise this. 150-hour battery life. Oh. 150-hour, right? So – this wow. this this is what I'm talking about. These guys are paying me to do a TikTok video about these earbuds. That's awesome. I get free shit when you're on TikTok. I love it. Oh. That's awesome. That's dude. the name. That, that's how we name it. How to get free stuff by doing videos on TikTok. There's there's the title for this podcast. Oh my gosh, Jeff! Tell everybody how we can support you and how they can get in touch. Absolutely, uh, JeffJHunter.com, guys. Um, if you uh, want to see my TikTok, I highly recommend you take a peek at it because I'm learning every day, and I think that that's why I wanted to be on the show, Zach. I I really am honored that you invited me to be on the show, because I know that you're like me, a constant evolving learner, and in in the marketing world, boy, it changes all the time. So it's really great to uh, to be along for the ride. And I, I encourage all you guys to join the ride together. I love it. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, Go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.